1: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown.
0: And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: The Cleveland Browns make another key defensive addition. What does it mean? We're going to do a deep dive today. And also, fantasy football quarterback rankings and pairings with wide receivers. Big show coming up right now on The Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara. Turn up your volume. Your volume. Because you're about to listen to the sick, the sick podcast with Andy McNamara, the sickest Cleveland Browns podcast. Oh, cut back by Chubb.
0: He's to the 10. He's still running to the five. He dips outside left. He's going in. Touchdown.
1: What a run. Nick Chubb. It's going to be sick. Sick,
0: sick,
1: sick. Hello, everybody. The offseason continues. Mini camps, uh, OTAs, all that good stuff with the Browns. I'm Andy McNamara. Get us on Twitter at sickpodbrowns, at andymc81 on Instagram, at andymcsports. Make sure you click that notification button, folks, okay? Click it, share it, subscribe, because not only are you getting all your Cleveland Browns goodness, but you're getting your fantasy football previews, draft specials, and sports betting tips all throughout the offseason and regular season. So make sure you subscribe, share. We always appreciate that. Leave comments down below as well. Check out the merch store link in the show description. So later on, we're going to get to my fantasy football. And this is early. These can all change, of course, right? This is, this is a, a moving target. But right now, I want to look at fantasy football quarterbacks along with their wide receiver pairing. When does it make sense to stack and when, according to uh, ADP, and really what I think about when these guys should be drafted compared to the hype. But first, let's talk some Browns. And folks, last week, oh, oh, baby. Darius Smith, Andrew Barry, the chef he's in the he's in the kitchen, he's stirring the pot, and I love it. He went all in. So we chatted with this gentleman back I believe in January. It was uh right to uh, before the Super Bowl and and all that to go over some deep dive into Browns um the defensive coordinator with Jim Schwartz get to learn his defense. And this is no better to come from uh Garfield Heights High School former head coach and contributor to cleveland.com. Let's bring him in right now. Lance Riceland. Lance, how are you? Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Great to have you back, man. So, look, I love your pieces and you uh, always incorporate visuals. And a lot of us are visual learners and being able to say, "Okay, this is what this player coming to the Browns means. It's great to say he's got X number of sacks. He's made three Pro Bowls in his last four years. But just overall, before we break down the X's and O's of it, Lance, what was your thoughts to this signing? Because I saw this. I was like, Andrew Barry. Um, Bravo. I don't think you could do much better for a one year rental pass rusher opposite Miles Garrett. Well,
0: you know, you watch him on film, he's outstanding. So he was outstanding in his day at Green Bay. He had a great year last year with the Colts. Um, he bring he is a perfect fit in terms of what Jim Schwartz wants. Like, so all the numbers you talk about. So he's had, uh, he's a pro's pro. So he's got 54 and a half sacks in his career. He had 10 last year. But when you talk about me, more than sacks, it's a QB hurries, it's a QB hits. Um, he also plays the run very well. Uh, his number one quality though for Jim Schwartz defense is his flexibility. He can play multiple positions, uh, which is sunk, uh, which my article kind of talked about because I thought that was so important in terms of, you know, he lines up at a three technique. You know, at being six five in that 270, 280 range and having such strong hands, he can play down inside. He can play. I think one of the looks that you're gonna see with uh the Browns is him playing next to Miles Garrett down inside or Miles mm-hmm. down inside because they're both heavy. Um he can come off the edge, he can play in multiple fronts. Uh, I love his ability to come from the second level. Uh, He can cover if needed. He's a really, really good athlete. Uh, His hands, he plays with great extension. Uh, uh, Something that's not talked about is he plays the run very well. Uh, The Browns also, besides just having 30 sacks last year, they struggled against the run. So he brings an added element of not only can he rush the passer, but he's really good against the run. He's a pro's pro. It's, it's, It's a great pickup for the Cleveland Browns
1: it is they eat some of the salary and it it makes sense and he's going to be motivated of course right looking for that next big contract this is the best kind of one-year rental that andrew barry has gotten there was olivier vernon before that coming over via trade uh there was was it uh tack mckinley and not bad jadavian Clowney. all all talk all size but we knew we didn't have the sack numbers this is the first true like okay this guy's a star man like this guy and i like what you were saying and we'll bring up some visuals in a moment but the versatility because although the dalvin tomlinson edition was nice they still have trouble with or potentially could still have trouble with that penetration up the middle but now you get that now you have like you said that flexibility you're going to line them up next to miles well that's disaster. then you can put oboe on the field as well how about you in isaiah mcguire it just gives them more options right
0: Well, yeah, you know, and he gives you, you know, he's always been the focus. So when you, people always say, what would be his interest um, coming to the Browns? Well, he's really, really good, but he's not Miles Garrett good. Is it good as he is? So, in my opinion, so Miles is still going to be the focus of what offenses have to stop, you know, offenses have to do in terms of, you know, you come in on Monday, what do we stop? What do we got to do? We got to block Miles Garrett. Now, what yeah. that does is that that's going to create one-on-one matchups for all these guys. So when you think about him playing on the other end, which I think he will at times, uh, I also see, like you're saying, I see Oboe going to the opposite end, and then you put uh, either Miles uh, at the three or at the five, and then you have Smith at the three or the five next to each other. So there's, there's some flexibility there. And you can also put Smith um, and they did it last year a little bit with miles where you actually can put him off the ball and you can bring him from mm-hmm. depth. And, uh, he gives you that versatility. And with Schwartz, Schwartz is all about being upfield, causing it, causing pressure. Uh, the best way to cover is to get after the quarterback. That's the best coverage you can have is get off the quarterback. He likes to play man. He's got, they got the corners for it. Now, uh, mm-hmm. the pressure is definitely now on the staff to make sure they get these guys in the right spot. Cause they've addressed all their needs. This guy fits. Uh, he is a, just an outstanding in terms of his flexibility and what he means to the Browns getting upfield, stopping the run, and getting after the passer.
1: Yeah, and you only get the benefit, truly, of having Miles Garrett if you have someone that the other teams, night, like you said, the other teams are still going to focus on Garrett, but if someone else is causing trouble, well, then you're going to have to pay some attention over there, and guess what? That frees up Garrett more, or it frees up somebody else. It's a beautiful flow in conversation with Lance Reisland, contributor to Cleveland.com. Uh, all right, let's bring up some of the photos here from your – uh, from your article here on cleveland.com. You can check that out right now. Let's go through a few of these. We'll rotate through these, lands because this is a look at the defense with um, Z'Darri Smith on the Vikings. So what do you have here? you can see Smith. He's
0: in the kind of the middle there. I got him labeled. He's at the three technique. And with the he, Vikings, it's are down here. So they actually got him standing up as a three technique. So he's a stand-up three technique. And what they do a really good job of, and this is a Schwartz, Schwartz kind of thing. So the DC uh, with the Vikings does a nice job. So on the other side, you have a wide three and a wide five that's going to occupy the right guard and the right tackle. The left guard, left tackle, and the center are going to kind of work to their left. Now, as the play starts, Smith will come, he will blitz, and he's going to go to the center. Now, the left guard, because that nickel kind of shows, the left guard has to eye up that nickel and can't really help on Smith coming in that A gap, and then obviously that left tackle has to kick for the wide five. So, you again, he's creating a matchup with the center, and then his length, and his ability to get off people make him a, a true mismatch inside. So as, as much as he beats tackles with speed, he beats he beats those guards and centers who are usually not as athletic. He beats them with just raw talent. So uh, he's such, he has such a good pass rush plan. He can bull rush, clubs, rips, swims. He is about as impressive as I've seen on film in terms of counters and things he does. So this is just an idea of what Schwartz will do. This is a matchup that they got, put him at the three, isolate him on the center, and he's going to win for a sack on Kyler Murray.
1: And as we know, Schwartz does run that wide five and wide nine. All right, let's go to the next one here. Let's pop another one up here, and we'll take a look. All right, so Smith on the inside move for the sack. So this is from that play, and so what you're saying is going after that left guard. So, yeah,
0: so what you have now, if you can see the left guard, the left guard's kind of standing there. Uh, not blocking anybody he's in he's mm. the last one there and he's actually looking at that nickel so what that did is that put the pressure on that center to block him one-on-one he just easily beats him inside we, all he does really is a little bull rush and then just beats him with athleticism those centers it's hard for the center to snap uh and block especially right. an athletic guy who's 280 uh, he kind of gives you that that the miles gear in terms of being able to take power to speed or speed the power not many guys can do that so he just simply beats the center he the center doesn't know he's coming because he was lined up at a wide three and then it's just an easy matchup, and he wins inside. He, so this is the end of the that that first uh, clip you saw. This is the end right. of it. This is him getting the sack. Um, again, just a really good job by Minnesota, and something that the uh, shorts will do as well. And creating when people say he creates matchups, this is an example of it. He got um, he got his guy against the center, and he's going to do it. A, he does it a couple different times during this game where he does it from a three technique and he also does it from a Mike backer. So uh, again, finding matchups and and Smith is the master uh, of being able to beat multiple guys on
1: the offensive line. Let's roll to the next one. And Lance, to your point though, in Minnesota and where he's been before, he's been the guy, he's been the miles Garrett, but now he doesn't have to be the miles Garrett. So we're talking about a situation where again, the defenses are going to be focusing, trying to double team and he'll get those one-on-ones and you'll be able to use him as a secondary piece with the upside, of a guy who's got three out of, and the only reason he didn't in the other years, because he played one game and got hurt, but his last three active seasons made the Pro Bowl and got double digit sacks. So That's so exciting. Okay. Take us through this. So here's a, here's a great example. This is the second,
0: uh, second picture I had uh, of him at the Mike center. So you can see him over top of the center here. He's going to beat the same center. So the center, they found a matchup they liked and they got to it a couple of different ways. So if you look at the play, the right, the right end is actually going to drop, but that right end was on the line of scrimmage. So, I always tell people whether he's coming or not, the left tackle has to account for him. So left tackle accounts for him, and then he's going to help. And you can see the wide three, he's really not rushing. He's just kind of standing there, uh, which I labeled there. So now the guard and tackle uh, are blocking a guy who's not rushing and a guy who's dropping. And this is the matchup thing that uh, these defensive corners do a great job with. Now on the left side, you have a wide three, wide five. That occupies both the, the right guard and the right tackle. What you you really like here is by doing this, not only do you create the matchup, but if you can see those lanes, that's a a lot of space for him to be able to work moves because of the wide five and the wide three. So, again, now where before he was at the three technique, on this particular play, he's at the mic. They still got the matchup they want. They still only had to rush four, which means they have seven in, in, uh, in pass pro, and they get the matchup they want. They're bringing three over two, and they win here. Again, big sack on Kyler Murray who can move his feet. This is a classic thing that Schwartz and these defensive coordinators like to do now, finding matchups and and winning these matchups.
1: Let's go to the next one here. Lance, from what you said, that space and what that allows somebody like a Smith with that athleticism, like you said, who can have the bend, that ankle bend, the twist, move that, that arm and get around the side. You have options there, right? He can go left, he can go right. He's got space. And like you said, the defense can draw. And when you have someone like Jim Schwartz who's done it, who's been so creative, and you have those other weapons like Miles Garrett. Let's face it, too. Tomlinson in the middle is that kind of plug, and you can just move people around. It's it's wonderful. Uh, yeah. And so, now- yeah. So you think about
0: that. and that's great. Great point is the fact that not only is that wide three and wide five create those one on matchup, but it creates space, and you need space to work. And so when you see these guys in the wide fives, wide uh, wide fives, wide threes, wide fives, you're getting space to work. So here, uh watching his film and, and watching a number, uh, a ton of games from the last three years he has a, a very high-level pass rush plan. Now, uh, I, I remember talking a couple of days ago, and I said his plan to rush the passer is actually a little bit more um, complicated than Miles Garrett. And people are like, well, he's not as good as Miles Garrett. It's not as, that he's as good as Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett can flat-out beat you with speed and bend, and right. he does other things, but Smith can actually beat you with a bull rush, multiple clubs, multiple rips. So here, uh, he... Always, 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 because of his size, he can always start in speed. He can always start with a speed rush, which he does. And then you can see the tackle is actually leaning forward. And by leaning forward, he's lost. So hmm. he's simply going to go with a double club, get those hands away. And if you look at the left hand of the uh, of the left tackle there, it's down by his thigh board. He's beat. So once that hand is down there, Smith is going to get his left hip past the left hip of that tackle. And that's how you get sacks. And the thing I like about him is that the, my, the picture that comes after this is him. He's always looking to cause fumbles. So, again, a very advanced pass rush move. He reacts to what he sees. Um, not only can he win with what he does, but he can also win on what he sees. So, here he sees the tackle kick. Tackle does a pretty good job. The tackle's leaning. And with the tackle leaning, he goes with the double swipe, gets rid of those hands, and then wins around the corner.
1: And let's go to that next one to see what Lance was, uh, was saying there. So, this is right after that play. So, we see, look, he's gotten around the tackle, and now – ready to create some havoc so
0: you can see the left hand uh very classic drill uh we work on it all levels so the left hand is going to secure the tackle secure the sack um but why not get the ball out so you're going to see this drill worked a ton schwartz is going to work this drill a ton so the left hand is going to secure the tackle the right hand is coming over um to get the ball out and these guys are looking for as you know you know 15 20 years ago you're looking for the big hits Big yeah, the goal. clothesline
1: club. Boom. Yeah, you're you're
0: <laughs> not looking for big hits. You're looking for the ball, and this is a really, really, um, highly uh, a really high percentage way to get the ball out is, is a quarterback's blindside. You're gonna get the hit here, but the big thing is get that right hand over top. Again, very fundamentally sound. Does things right. Wins with speed. Uh, in this game, for instance, he beat the left guard. He beat the left tackle. He beat the center. So he he constantly wins. Uh, he, the year you said that he didn't know didn't have double digit sacks in the last year he was hurt he only played one game so so he's um he's got he's got a a great motor a great plan um besides miles garrett this is as good this is as good a guy you're gonna get in terms of big strong fast power to speed speed to power he's got he's he's pretty good at all of it
1: a hundred percent this is the thing like for free agencies that was still free agents that were still available I was thinking Frank Clark you know maybe Robert Quinn but for Andrew Barry to go out and get a trade this is the guy this you're not going to get better on a one year type of rental situation with the uh, contract restructuring it's a motivated guy it's a hungry guy i think we have one more image here from lance's article on cleveland.com there we go so this is this is the last one here just to give a, another kind of look
0: so here's you know this one's it's not as clear but it, the point being here is that when he gets whether he's in the run game or pass game his length allows him to play and his length and strong hands allow him to play with extension and we always talk about, uh, as a D-line coach, we want to get people extended away from us. So whether he's being blocked by a tackle, a receiver, a tight end, a back, he creates great extension from him and the p- person that he's uh, getting rid of. And by creating that extension, he's able to get his eyes, his vision in the backfield. So here's a great play. The The Cardinals are going to run a same side split zone. I remember breaking this play down a couple nights ago. And they got a huge hole. And if you look at that hole there, they got a big hole to run there. And what he does by – extending that guy he's able to get rid of that tackle and bend down inside and make and, and make a play um to kind of prevent a big run there um so again his extension my point on this clip was just that his extension in both the run and the pass game um make him very very tough to block because his eyes are always in the backfield uh finding what finding where the football is and then getting rid of his guy with his strength and length and then he can find the ball and make plays
1: right we can take that down great and, and that's that's what we need to remember, too. The, the extra bonus. The sacks are sexy, right? We like the sacks. We right? like those numbers right there. The, the bend around the corner and, and get at the quarterback. But stopping the run was such an Achilles heel for this team last year, Lance. Like, ridiculously so with the undersized defensive tackles. Teams would – the Miami game jumps into my – right up the middle. And they just kept doing it. And there was nothing the Browns can do. And nothing heartens, disheartens a, a defense more than being run on. Well, now you have someone who can get after the quarterback, but also is not a liability and can stop the run. That's that extra bit that I don't think gets talked about enough with Darius Smith.
0: Well, yeah, and you know you have these guys, uh, Ika and you know Siaka Ika, and you have Davit yeah, Thompson. so like you got Ika. these big body guys, um, and then you you've addressed your pass rush, you've uh, addressed your. Uh, more the body type. They got some big mm-hmm. bodies inside there. Um, and that run game, because as good as the pass rushers as these guys are, you have to get the second long and you have to get the third long. And if you don't win on first down, I don't care if it's high school, college, or pro, if you don't win on first down, now the offense dictates. Right. Once you, If you can get a stop on first down and keep it for second and seven plus, you now dictate. You now decide. Uh, How things go in terms of your personnel packages and what you're going to do when you get to second and five or second five or under, you're at the whim of the offense. And too many times last year, uh, you talk about the Browns' secondary and you talk about Miles Garrett and you talk about, well, there. So many times they're at second five, but second five, the whole playbook's open. And so for so for uh, for a defensive coordinator, you want to get you want to win on first down and win on first down. Now, you do what you want. Now, however, you want to do it. If you want to bring a nickel, if you want to bring, put people at the three technique, five technique, whatever you want to do. If you have it second, seven plus, you're now in charge. And that's what the Browns got to get to because so many times last year, it's second, two, second, three. And they, you know, it wasn't always, people always talk about the big plays they gave up. For me, it was, um, you know, I was a play caller for a long time. And if I have second, two, you're really, really happy at second, two because no matter how bad the play is, it's going to be third and two. You Know, unless you do something right. really, really silly, so um, you have the whole playbook open, you can make you can take shots down the field, um, you could do that, you could do you, you do whatever you want as offensive coordinator. So, the Browns, regardless of how good these guys are, they had to sure up that run game, and now they got to win on first down, they got to win on first down, so now you can showcase. Smith and Garrett and Mm -hmm. showcase these, the secondary that you think is outstanding, which they they are, and they're going to be in man coverage. So now you're saying we're going to get after the passer. We're going to crowd the line of scrimmage. We're going to, we're going to man up these corners and and safeties and and things like that. We're going to play one high hat. We're going to crowd the line of scrimmage. Uh, I like it. I like the aggression. And and I think these are the guys that can, I think the personnel inside now fits what the Browns are going to move to.
1: Yeah. Big mass, big dudes. And what I think, even though, Tomlinson, uh, for example, isn't a necessarily a pass rushing interior defensive lineman, but he's a space filler. And the difference is now, even if you can push back a little bit, because we know how these speedy mobile quarterbacks, you can get around the edge. And how often, Lance, did we see Miles Garrett just missed a guy, like a half second? Well, maybe if you can get a Tomlinson and an Ika pushing a bit. Right. Not not getting the set, but pushing a little bit. That gives you that extra that gives you that rush, throws the quarterback off a little bit and it all goes in tandem. Right. Brown's adding some more depth at safety with Rodney McLeod. And we know with how the linebackers are built, looks like they're going to be going uh, bringing down that that safety and using the extra safety instead of the linebacker typically. Right.
0: Well, yeah, I think like uh, people have asked me what, who I think is going to shine. Uh, there's a lot of guys who are going to shine, but one guy who's going to really make a big push this year from what he was is Grant Delpit, because Grant Delpit now gets to play to his strength. He's going to be down the line on scrimmage, and he's going to yeah. make a ton of plays down there. Uh, yeah. When you think about, like, Saki Ika, you know, yeah, Ika is not a great guy against double teams, and people are like, well, he's not great against double teams. But what Schwartz wants is, uh, to you what you said before in terms of that push, he's going to be in gaps. And when you get Thomason and you get uh, Ika and you get these guys in gaps, it's really hard to stop a guy who's 330 unless you get help, even if you're better than him. It's tough. You're going to get these push. So he wants to play forward. He wants to play – he wants to penetrate in those gaps. So where they're not too gapping as much, and they will, and Thompson can do – Thompson's played at Alabama. He played under Saban, so he can do all that stuff. But see, Ika early on just has to get in that B gap or A gap and just come and just force multiple guys to block him because it's really hard to take a guy who's 330 – and stone him right there at the line of scrimmage right. unless you get help, and especially when he's to your, especially if he's to your shade, uh, if you're the center, if he's in that B gap, and you have Miles Garrett outside of you, you know it's hard to. They have some things that they can do, but those big bodies, and it also if you're blocking those guys, you have to put two bodies on them, it, it, even if you move them. So again, if you have two bodies on them, maybe you can occupy some guys to keep those smaller linebackers free. So those big bodies, regardless, you know, people are saying well it's not a Joe Wood scheme, it's a, it's not a Schwartz scheme, it has to be different. Regardless of scheme, you got to have big bodies inside. If you don't have big bodies inside, you get moved, and that's at every level. And in the NFL, it's just a, you know, it's it's just you know, you see it more. But at every level, if you don't have big bodies inside and they can run the ball, it doesn't matter how good your pass no. rush is or anything else. So that's what they've addressed. Regardless of how they play early on, Ika is going to be a, a, a pain in the butt for an offense because he's going to be fresh. He's probably not going to start. And he's just going to come in and he's going to come in that gap hard, and that's going to be tough.
1: Yeah, and and also, yeah. so you have that, and like you said, not necessarily great against double teams. The key word there is two words is double team because then it's two bodies on him. And then guess what? Well, if you got two bodies on Ika, on Tomlinson, well, there's only so many linemen, man. You can't. That means Miles Garrett's going to be be free. Or maybe it's Smith. Again, everything works better when you have those big body dudes because if you have to attend the middle, that's going to leave everybody else open, Right. Well, you know, one of the things we always talk about
0: when I was in the staff meeting is how do, you, how do you create pass rush or how do, you, how do you stop a pass game? And there's a bunch of different ways to do it, obviously pass rush and receivers. But one thing you can do is that the Browns now have a couple guys who are better. So teams are going to have to account. So that means taking out a receiver maybe and going 11 personnel instead of 10. Now you take a speed guy off because that tight end's got a chip. Maybe you got to mm-hmm. keep the back end, so now you're getting four out instead of five. Uh, maybe you have to slide your protection, go six man protection instead. So again, you're only getting four out, or maybe three out, or maybe you have to max protect a little bit and you only get two out. Well, those are great ways to stop the pass. Get less people out in the pass. Game. You know, if great. less people are out. So there's a lot of different things that the Browns will do with their personnel now that it's going to that people won't necessarily see. People will see the sacks. People will see. Um, things, but if Ika comes in the game and two people block him, that's a win. That's if he doesn't win. get moved, if he win. doesn't, if he doesn't get moved out of his gap and fights like heck to stay in his gap, that's a win. Uh, because two people, are, like you said, two people are blocking him. That means a back, ha- a back better be in ch- uh, chipping on on Miles Garrett or a tight end better be staying in. And even mm-hmm. if the tight end gets in the route, that's a lot better than a fourth receiver in the NFL. Sure so is. the the idea of that they could create this pressure. And you either have to beat – you know, as an offensive coordinator, you have to either have to beat pressure or you have to block pressure. And, you know, there's only so many hits you want to take as a quarterback. So it got to the point – it's going to get to the point it should where teams are going to have to go different personnel groups to block these guys,
1: which means less guys are on the route. Mm-hmm. You and cover that should, better. That should help. You know? Secondary, and, and again, everything flows. Lance, I'm pumped, man. I'll tell you. That's a Darius so That just set me into the weekend. I was so excited. <laughs> well, you know
0: – yeah, you know, you it's it's they've they've addressed, you know, I've talked with you before. They've we when we talked before, they we talked about like the things they need to address. They've addressed every need. Mm-hmm. Now, that's on paper, you don't win on paper, but if you say, if you said before these are the brown, these are who the Browns are gonna get, you'd be like, Oh, that's inc- that's
1: an incredible offseason, you that. know, right? Yeah. yeah. The, this is that all in mentality. And what I, I like as well is it shows we talked about this on the program before is that it shows development in Andrew Barry and that whole front office as a unit and growing. They're not stubborn. How often do we see in sports? Oh, that's my type of guy. They didn't double down on their thin, tiny defensive tackles. They're like, look, we got to get big bodied dudes in there to rumble. And they did. We every need was addressed. You need the Cedric Tillman that you got it. And everything is there now. So now Andrew Barry like, OK, Kevin Stefanski, here you go. And now it's up to the coaching staff to see what they can do.
0: Well, you know, and and I I will always be in the back of a coach, but I think Stefanski has proven himself as a winner and proven to be able to do good things. You know, last year, that Watson thing, and and what he does off the field is relevant in terms of as a practice. So that is – they had to prepare – one guy for ten games, another for seven, and you know, then they can't stop the run. And you know, it's there's a bunch of different stuff that tie into that. So I think with having Watson having a full offseason, they've addressed their needs. They should they should get more favorable down and distances to Pat pass rush the passer and et cetera, et cetera. So it is kind of all come together. It's a full. It, everybody has to be on the same page. And you know, you and talk about yeah, and you know you talk about the guardrails. They only draft under you know twenty-one. Well, they they did a couple. They drafted a couple guys and went out and got some free agents that are a little bit older because mm-hmm. um, you know I've always been a believer that you got to have guys who have great potential. But in the NFL, you got to have productive guys. Guys right. who have they they have potential. But they now they're producing. You know, guys like Smith, guys like McLeod. These guys have produced at a high level on at a championship level. You know, people talk about McLeod. One of the great things about McLeod is that he's going to be able to show these guys what Schwartz wants in practice. That's and that's right. a big deal. You know, how, how, what does he want to do on Mondays? What does he do on Tuesdays? How does he want us to watch film? How do we line up to certain uh formations? McLeod is now their cheat sheet. And that that's so helpful in terms of getting, um, getting your team ready to go. It's going to be all new verbiage. It's going to be all new stuff. But now you got McLeod there who can say to Delpit, who can say to Thornhill can, uh, who can tell uh, Miles Garrett, here's, here's what we're doing behind you on these plays. So, uh, having him not only for his uh, ability, but his ability to communicate. You know, he played you know three, four years with Schwartz, so he understands how Schwartz wants to play um, in terms of the practice week, not just on game day, but the whole the whole week leading up to it. So, really good. Really, those guys are outstanding pickups.
1: Yeah, and he's still playing at a high level at thirty two. So now he can be that that secondary quarterback. Lance, tell people where they can find this great article to read more in depth in all your work. It's just at Twitter.
0: I'm at Lance Rislin,
1: L A N C E. R-E-I-S-L-A-N-D. There you go. And Cleveland.com contributor and a, a great high school uh, coach in the past as well at Garfield Heights. Lance, always love it, man. You got me excited. fed you got to be excited with this. Let's go. We'll talk to you again soon. As always, Andy. Thanks for having me. All right, buddy. There you go. Lance Reisland. All right. Oh, I'm pumped. Come on, people. Come here, we watched that with Zadarius Smith. What keeps jumping out to me is this. Zadarius Smith was a pro bowler three out of four years with those sack numbers, with those double-digit sack numbers, but as the main guy. Now he can be the secondary guy. And unlike that whiner, Jadavion Clowney, that quitter, we got a guy who's hungry, who's motivated, who wants that next contract, but also is in his prime and doing it and doesn't have to face the top competition. That's going to be going to Garrett until Smith starts producing, then they're going to have to shift. If these guys can stay healthy, folks, this could be the missing piece of the puzzle. It really could. I, I think we just saw Andrew Barry. Like, bravo. We Like I dump on them as much as anybody, from the GM to the coach. But when they hit it, you got to give them credit. This is a slam dunk. If this doesn't go well, this is not Andrew Barry's fault. Bottom line. This dude's put everything in place for things to work, on offense and on defense. Could you do more at linebacker? Sure. But that's not what defense. this defense w- with Jim Schwartz is predicated on. So it's fine. Very excited. Great job by Lance Rising for stopping by. Okay, suck a little fantasy football, people. Okay, suck a little fantasy football now. Way too early, and I will say this multiple times to the show through the off season. If you're in a season long draft, now if you're gonna play a little best ball and have some fun, whatever. But for leagues you care about, do not draft until after the final preseason game. Don't do it. You're gonna be tempted to do it. You want to do it. I want to do it. Don't do it because what's gonna happen if you do? and you draft after the first preseason game, then you're going to be hitting me up on Twitter at AndyMC81 using hashtag AskAndy at SickPodBrowns on Instagram at AndyMCSports. Andy, my my wide receiver got hurt. I'll still help you. Don't get me wrong. But I'll say, well, you should have listened and waited until after. So just prefacing that. But let's look at some quarterback and receiver combos here. And one of the best values I think that we're going to find is – The Aaron Rodgers, Garrett Wilson combo. Right now, the ADP for Aaron Rodgers, 14th quarterback off the board, 91st overall pick. So right now, Aaron Rodgers with the Jets is going after guys like Tua, after Kirk Cousins, after Daniel Jones. Now, especially with Tua, I'll say this right now. Tua folks, no fly zone for me. Not that because of the talent. When he's in, we know he can go. You can't trust the health. You just can't. You, you just can't. Do you want to have Tua as your main quarterback, your QB one, and worry the whole year? It also downgrades what you can expect out of Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, right? That's just facts. Not that you're not going to draft the guys, but I am. I'm hands off. I'm. Dra- I'm not drafting Tua in any of my leagues. I'll say that right now, based solely on health. Now Aaron Rodgers, though, okay. I knows older. He's forty. You know, is, is he done? Is New York, is it too much hype? Maybe, but he's also got something to prove. And he's also made worse wide receivers into stars. I want to pair Aaron Rodgers with Garrett Wilson. Now, of course, you're going to have to draft Garrett Wilson first. So you're going to, you know, you, looking at this, you're going to be able to get uh, Aaron Rodgers quite late, 91st overall, again, 14th quarterback off the board. If you're in one QB league, you can get him late. Now we pair that with a Garrett Wilson. So we'll go with PPR. That's the one I personally like, but you know, if you have any questions with standard or whatever, let me know. But if we look at Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson right now, 10th wide receiver off 15th overall. Uh, So yeah, so 15th overall. So that's just into the second round. I love the Garrett. Look what Garrett Wilson was able to do with the garbage at quarterback. He had to deal with last year. Okay, let's let's look at the let's look at the numbers. 1103 yards in 17 games, 83 catches, four touchdowns. Now we know Aaron Rodgers likes to have a guy, and he's got his safety blankets, he's got Lazard and Cobb, but he'd be an idiot to not go with Garrett Wilson. So if you have Garrett Wilson with the Rodgers talent who's gonna sling it, that's a money combo. You get Garrett Wilson in the second round then you can wait and wait and wait and fill out your roster and get Aaron Rodgers whenever later. Like I said, 95th overall. Wait, I'm seeing um, Patrick Mahomes going the, at the top of the second round. Now, Mahomes, we know, fine quarterback, obviously. Heck of a talent. Josh Allen, too. Jalen Hurts going in the second round. But when you look at it, okay, what am I giving up? This is always the risk reward for these quarterbacks. Okay. Now we know if we're pairing Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, that's the only combo you should look at. But the only way I would do that is perhaps if let's say you get, you're at the, uh, maybe you're at the turn, maybe you're a little lower in 12 team league. Maybe you're at uh, 11, you know, let's say you're at 10 or 11 and you get Travis Kelsey. Well, we know the tight end group is as thin as ever, if not thinner than in years past. So if you want Kelsey, Kelsey, and then swung back and but got Patrick Mahomes. I wouldn't personally do it. I would probably go with, to look to see what the running back and wide receiver situation was like. But you could talk me into that. Because then I got arguably the best, you know, at least a top three, four fantasy quarterback. You got the best tight end, although at some point that's going to start to dip. Ugh. But still, even if he dips, he's going to be better than most of the other guys. So you get that combo. Now, Josh Allen, of course, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, end of story. You want to do Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis is being drafted much lower now. Remember last year, folks, he was going in the second round. Now his ADP is around the fourth round. That I wouldn't mind as the number two target. Kincaid and Knox, eh, don't bother on the tight end side there. They're going to cannibalize each other and Kincaid's going to take a little bit. Then you look at Jalen Hurts. This is, I love me some Jalen Hurts. You know, I do folks. Jalen Hurts, Again, I wouldn't, I don't want them in the second round, but if they drop and in the third round, that's the earliest I would start to look. I get asked all the time, what's the earliest I should look at quarterback earliest. If you hit nicely and get a running back and a wide receiver or a top tight end and a running back or wide receiver, then I would look third round. Okay. Now, if you decide to kind of not punt on the quarterback position, but wait and stack up receivers whatever right so with jalen hurts aj brown number one also if you can't get aj brown you could wait a little bit for devonta smith devonta smith's done really well maybe dallas goddard if you wait a little bit further so maybe you get jalen hurts in the third and stack him with a dallas goddard where could you get him maybe again fourth round depending depending if there's a run around that area um then you get you know your joe burrows uh, after that but if you want to wait a little bit this is a brown show Deshaun watson isn't getting the respect I think that he is going to warrant. And people are going to look back and like, oh man, we got Deshaun Watson in the seventh round. That's a real possibility. Remember like him or not personally, he can run and this offense, look at what's been built by Andrew Barry. Look at what's been put around. They're going to throw and they're going to throw a lot. And then he can run. This is going to be a high octane offense, or at least they're going to try to the pieces are in place. I would love an Amari Cooper stack with Deshaun Watson. Of course, if you can get Nick Chubb, one, two combo. Absolutely. You know, uh, dynasty. I like Cedric Tillman likely to take over either in the future from Amari Cooper or Donovan Peoples Jones. So a Cooper Watson or Chubb Watson uh, stack is I think where you want to go with that. That's kind of the sweet spot there. Then after that, You know, then you get into those lower ones. Like I said, Aaron Rodgers, that I think is absolute money. Daniel Jones, yeah, you know, probably. I'm not buying Geno Smith again. What a year. Great story. But do we want to go Geno Smith? If you do, and again, you can wait. If you got Geno Smith near the end and and you filled out everything else, great. Then stack him with a DK Metcalf. I would pass on Ty Lockett and maybe come with a Smith and Jigba and do that way. That's kind of that combo I would go with. After that, last one, Russell Wilson. It's a risk. Because either he forgot I play quarterback or Champagne's going to remind him how. And if he's reminded how, then we can have some fun. Jerry Judy did not get dealt. So maybe it's a Judy Russell Wilson combo. Cortland Sutton, you know, there's some health issues there. But that again is if you want to wait. But the best value, I think, is Garrett Wilson in the second and wait and get Aaron Rodgers if people are sleeping on him. All right, folks, there you go. Any fantasy football questions? Hit me up, comment section. Use hashtag AskAndy or on Twitter at AndyMC81 at SickPodBrowns on Instagram at AndyMCsports. Make sure you subscribe, click the notification bell, share the link, comment below, and let's have some fun. We'll get, keep it going the fantasy football and sports betting talk as the weeks go on. Thanks to Lance Rice and my guest. We will see you next time on the Sick Podcast with Andy and America. Go Browns! And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much. Until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Andy McNamara on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.